0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Latinas Wild Borders. I'm um, super excited to chat today. Christina and I are fresh out of coming back from Miami. Um, so, you know, high vibes on this side.
1: Yeah. And of course, when we get back, the weather gets cold here. I am dying to just be back in the sun.
0: Honestly, the weather here is the dub.
1: <laughs> I was just
0: telling Christina that um when I had breaks and when I was in Miami like working from home I would like go to the beach really quick grab an empanada just like chill you know um free 99 too I feel like any time you leave New York you spend 30 dollars
1: um, so that's I'm missing true. the free beach <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no that's so true um and I definitely had some highlights from Miami that I wanted to share I mean my main one is this restaurant that Eliza actually introduced me to last time we were there we happened to be in Miami two times already together. Um, But the restaurant is this Cuban restaurant. It's called Versailles. And there's a bakery and then a restaurant right next to it. And I think you told me this, Eliza, they've never changed their prices. We don't know if that's true, but that's what it seems like. Yeah, basically they're just like super authentic
0: Cuban food. They're like for the community, like they encourage Cubans to come here, have it be affordable. The
1: drinks are affordable, the food is delicious. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a really dope spot. Yeah, I think it's like a low key spot I've never heard of like it's not really on like, you know, those Miami guides or anything like that. And I would definitely recommend it if you go down there to check it out. I personally love the paella I got there. It was $10. And then if you're there in the morning, you can go to the bakery next door, which was super affordable. I got fresh orange juice. Four pastries, $10, which is unheard of in New York. So I definitely recommend that if you um, end up being in Miami and definitely want to try something more authentic and not so like overhyped that I feel like is very popular in Miami.
0: Totally agree. Um, Another really cool thing about the restaurant it's just like the atmosphere of it all. Like, it's not like this bougie place. Like it's super mm-hmm. laid back. You could just hang out. Um, Every time I go, I also always get the lechon. But funny enough, when I first went to that restaurant, I was like, oh, can I get Benny? And he looked at me like I was absolutely insane. And I'm like, Benny, like, do you not have that here? And they're like, no, we call it lechon. So I guess in Cuba, that's what they call pork shoulder. Um, So that was like a big difference. But yeah, super laid back place. Like, you can just go in like your regular day wear um, and eat bomb ass Cuban food. We happened to be there during Pride weekend as well, which like totally a coincidence the same way like me and Christina being there was a coincidence. And I just love the energy of it. However, like I was like, once again, telling Chris this earlier is that I've never been to a place where I've been like more unwanted. Like I went to a gay bar with one of my girlfriends <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I was not it like um, respect. I shouldn't have been it. Right. It wasn't about me, um,
1: but it was just a really dope experience. And yeah, I hope Yeah, it's to, something like, you don't again. experience all the time. And yeah. I think um, my first time going to a gay slash lesbian bar was in Amsterdam I have a friend who is lesbian, and she invited me, and I was like, yeah, no one, I mean, maybe they assumed I was lesbian, but I wasn't, maybe I didn't give off that vibe, because no one was talking to me. (laughs) I know, no one was talking, like, no
0: one was trying to buy a drink, like, nothing, and I was like, okay, cool, I mean, this is fun, right, like. Like that bunny says, this is what we want. We want to dance alone. So it's fine. <laughs> yo, <I'm> so <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, yo, I really am tonight. Um, so <laughs> but um, like super, super dope.
1: Yeah. And then this weekend, there's so many events going on, but this weekend was Coachella, which um, you know, was all over my Instagram, all over my TikTok. But the coolest thing was that Carol G performed, which I didn't know she was going to, and um, she actually played um She actually gave tribute to a bunch of different Latin artists, including Shakira, Selena, Gloria Stefan. She like apparently used her set to either like sing their songs, like their covers. Um, And I thought that was really cool because she kind of wanted to highlight people who never got invited to Coachella. You know, like these are like OG people. She's like, wow, I got invited. I'm a woman. I think J J Balvin was the last film artist um, at the last Coachella so she was just kind of trying to highlight all the women.
0: Yeah, 100%. I thought that was so cool. Um, Just to know that a lot of like the Latino s- celebrities and artists that came before her weren't invited to these sort of events. Um, I think sometimes, and I'm speaking for myself, right? I like forget that, you know, reggaeton is so popular right now. And sometimes we like, yeah, but 15, 20 years ago, like, you know, we were in the outskirts right Mm -hmm. we were like this random weird music that a whole bunch of latinos played really loud right at barbecues um and now it's so mainstream so carol g is getting that opportunity to be on the cold cellist stage something that maybe like and i don't know my research but like maybe i i don't think selena
1: was on (laughs) the cold cellist
0: stage i'm assuming here but i also um, saw a video
1: on instagram where she was like hi guys she was speaking in english and she's like hi guys i'm not really that good at english but i'm gonna try to speak so you guys can like understand me which I thought was really cute because she is like trying um and yeah I guess I didn't really think like she's not fully uh bilingual which I just assume sometimes but a lot of Colombian artists aren't
0: oh no 100% like I forgot what I was watching I get like all the talk show guys confused <laughs> all of them um but like that bunny was on it and he was like yeah you know no oh, yeah. like he, yeah, was just, yeah, yeah. he was just like chilling, also, yeah, that's know? true. And you know, I'm here for it. They shouldn't have to, you know, automatically like know English perfectly just because yeah, um, no. you know, English people speaking like their music. So um power to her to just like trying yeah, I know how nerve-wracking that can be. <laughs>
1: oh my god, I bet. Well, let's get into our buena vibras. I told Eliza before this, I was like, I have mine in my head, like I know what it is. It's kind of been my buena vibra for the past couple of weeks, but I haven't had the opportunity to really speak about it. And for me, it is this podcast I've been listening to. It's um by Tinks. So I don't know if you guys follow her, T-I-N-X on Instagram. And she launched her podcast about a month ago. And the reason why I like her is because she's kind of like this relatable girl, even though she's a white girl, she's not Latina, but that's fine. Um, She's kind of this, she's 30, I think. I think she's 30 or like she just turned 30. Um, And she talks about um, just being your mid 20s and going through all these changes. She gives a lot of relationship advice, but also kind of just um, when you're at that stage in your mid 20s and, you know, your your friends are like getting into either they're getting engaged or they're moving away or they're kind of just like going in different paths of life and how to deal with that because she was someone who was in that position. I don't know. I think her podcast episodes are just really positive. They do give her relationships advice. People call in and you get to hear these like crazy stories. And it's just like a different um, type of format for a podcast. So I really like her. They're quick. They're 20 minutes. She comes out with them uh, twice a week. Um, The live show is on Wednesday or something. I just personally like listening to it when I'm working. Um, And it really brings me um, positive energy. So I definitely recommend you guys follow her. Her Instagram is like so authentic, I feel like. And she just like talks about whatever and I find it relatable. So no, I love that. I feel like there's always good
0: podcasts coming out. I mean, Latina Wild Board is like the best one, but like the other ones as well. Um, And it's always good to mix it up. And we love the ones that are just about life. Um, I think there's always so much things going on. So when you have that positive energy, I don't know, it's just awesome. So, like, yeah, definitely I'm gonna add that my bucket list of like podcasts I want to get through. Yeah, so I think mine was I was having a really hard time coming up with it because sometimes I tend to think about like all the bad things that happened in the week, like, hey, I ran through this, I did that. Oh my god, I didn't wake up early enough for my workout. Um, rather than saying, like, hey, well, where was the gems? So I think mine was like going to Jackson Heights. So on Saturday. So you know, you guys know I'm a Bronx girl, but I live in Queens now. So slowly but surely becoming a Queens girl. And I was like, I need to check out Jackson Heights. Like I've been there before, but not for years and never really with a friend. So I went with one of my friends who's Colombian and she wanted to try Colombian food, like authentic Colombian food in Jackson Heights. And honestly, it did not disappoint. The food was amazing. Like, honestly I'm gonna I forgot like the name of the restaurant but totally forgot it's in Spanish can't pronounce it but um it was it was delicious like and then it's funny because so I got I ordered my meal and then it my meal came with like an appetizer so he brings this soup to me and it's like delicious I end up only eating the soup and like not even touching the meal I had to bring it home because it was so much food for the price like the price was amazing super affordable the drinks were great they had like mojitos um and I'm like oh my god I just found like a Colombian spot like I really love that I feel like that's like one of my favorite foods like I just love Latin American foods in general but Colombian always hits it so I love Colombian um, food so good. So I'm happy I finally found it. And then afterwards, I went to a Colombian bakery. I got some cafe con leche. I got some cookies. Um and yeah, it was just such a good day having authentic food. I feel like a lot of people live in New York, but they often spend their time going to like the more expensive restaurant, which is fair, right? Like it's New York City. But um sometimes you go to a restaurant and the restaurant is like not being run by, you know, the people where the food comes from mm, and all the time. here mm-hmm. all the time. Right. And then here, that's like here where I went Jackson Heights or in general, Jackson Heights, period. That was not the case. And when I got off the train, something I really liked was that it reminded me of Fordham. So I grew up in Fordham road in the Bronx and it looked identical. Like I was like, like, like my heart was like, Oh my God, this is like home. Like I felt like such a like secure place in it. Um, So yeah, that's really like my highlight for the day. I feel like food is is comfort, you know, food is comfort, food is also culture. And it provided me with both of that. And I'm looking more to support like local um, Latinx businesses, especially in Queens, maybe not going to the the place that has, and you know, I'm a Yelper, maybe not going to the place that has like 4,000 Yelp reviews, but maybe going somewhere a little more locally that has really good food, just like not as popular.
1: So now we want to introduce our guest for this podcast, which is Dani Rios. And she is a content creator based in Dallas, Texas. Um, She is also the founder of Mexico Beauty, which is a DIY brown lamination kit. She walks us through of like how she sourced the product to how she came up with the branding and how she eventually launched her small business, which is available to purchase online. If you're into, you know, brushing up your eyebrows in the morning, um, and you kind of want a more like semi-permanent situation. Then this is kind of her kit. Um, and also she spent a lot of time between Dallas and Mexico City. She actually went to school and high school in Mexico. So she talks about her experience coming from um, Texas to Mexico City, which is definitely a big hotspot right now. I feel like so many influencers are flying over to Mexico City and Tourism is definitely way up. For sure. I
0: just came back from there in January. So, Danny and I chat about that a bit. But but yeah,
1: super excited for you to learn more about Danny. Welcome to Latino Without Borders, Danny. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited.
1: Where are you based right now?
2: So, I'm based in Dallas, Texas. I officially moved into my new apartment. In, like this year in January. Are you a Texas girl? No so I was actually born in Mexico City okay. and then I came to the U.S. when I was really young so I was like I was like about four or five and then I basically grew up in Dallas my whole life mm. and then towards the end of my like high school um, like I went a year back to Mexico city for my sophomore year. Like I did a semester down there, came back, did my junior year here in Dallas. And then I finished high school in Mexico city. And then ever since like 2012, I've been like living back and forth. Like I came back to Dallas for college. And then after college, I went back. And then as you guys know, I was in Mexico city for most of 2020 and a little bit of last year. So yeah, for the last, like, I don't know how how many years, I can't even count, but I guess the last maybe 10 years or so, I've kind of been living like back and forth.
1: I mean, your content, anyone who scrolls down, whether it's like your Instagram or TikTok feed, you can definitely see Mexico City as the background of most of your content, which honestly is the reason why I keep going back. I'm like, eliza and i went to has have been in mexico city twice and when i come up with recommendations i'm always like let me check out this girl's page because you're always visiting restaurants going to those small cafes and i just wanted to know like what has your page changed ever since you started creating this type of content really like focused on mexico city it felt like at some point it was kind of your niche
2: Yeah. So, I mean, before that it was more, I would say it was like really lifestyle and beauty and skincare when I, you know, was here, um, in Dallas. And then when I went back to, cause I feel like I've always traveled back to Mexico city, but again, I was only there for like two weeks. So most of the time I was just spending it with my family and not really like exploring. And so then like in 2020, when I, when I went back, I just had so much time on my hands that I was like, let me just like finally go explore the city and do all the things. And then I think once you're older, you know, I feel like when you're young, you're like depending on your family and depending on, you know, does it fit in their schedule? And I think just like when you're older and, and adult and independent, like you're like, okay, I'm just going to take an Uber and go or like do all the things that I want to do. In 2020 and 2021, I just you know, would take my friends and we would just go explore and try all the new restaurants. I think it was just a really fun time for me. And, you know, people always knew that I was from Mexico City. But again, I never really got to explore that much because I would always just come back for work and never be there for that long. I'm
0: very curious because like Mexico City, we love it. It's great. Um, But you were born there. You have family there how is it when you travel back are you like the American like a like do they like make fun of you like how like just wanted to like hear that I know most of us um I know Christina she's Ecuadorian I'm Puerto Rican most of the time when we go back to visit our families they're like oh look at the white girl and you're like what <laughs> yeah, I'm not like where right, are you right. Like, you yeah so I'm very sure. curious to hear about
2: that like especially with you going back and forth it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's definitely part of my story, which is actually why I called my blog Little Mexico, because I was, I am from Mexico, and it also was, like, a mix of my cultures, like, even though I'm not American, you know, I was, I grew up here, so that's still a big part of my life, but obviously, like, I'm Mexican, and I'm very proud of being Mexican, and I feel like I never really felt out of place like I was always very proud of being Mexican like you know going to school here in the U.S. and I would always tell people like yes I'm from Mexico City it's like such a great city like I was always very proud of that I think I just never realized how disconnected I was to really like my culture until I did that senior year you know, in high school down there. Cause I think prior to that, yeah, I was very like Americanized and, you know, I grew up literally in the U S
1: and all my friends were American. Like I didn't really have a lot of like diversity growing up. So for someone who is traveling to Mexico city for the first time, they're listening and maybe they're intrigued. What are just, you can go by them like pretty quickly. Like what are the top three things that you would recommend to them for doing or to visit? ah it's like that's so hard because I'm like there's literally
2: so much to do and people would always ask me all this stuff and I'm like you know what I just need to do a travel guide with everything and and like all the questions um because yeah it's such a big city but I guess some of my favorite things to do I feel like I tell my friends if you don't go to this place it's like everyone has a picture here but it's it's called Museo Sumaya And it's not like the best museum ever. It's really not like you go inside and it's like pretty basic art. But it's free, but really it's the the architecture. So I always tell people to go visit there because surrounding that museum, there's also in front of it Museo Jumex. That's kind of cool. It's like modern art, which is also free. And then you can go to like the little shopping center. That's really, really nice. So I feel like you can knock a lot of things out of the way if you go there. So that's like number one. Um, Another favorite of mine, and this is a little bit out of the way, but I feel like a lot of people don't go because it's a little farther than your typical La Condesa neighborhood, but it's called Coyacan. And I love it there. It's like all cobblestone. And it's like one of my favorite places. It it kind of changed during COVID because I feel like there used to be a lot more like street vendors and you could buy a lot of like artisan, you know, things. There's, There's markets and tons of, um, like food there. It's just like a really nice place to walk around. Like you can definitely like go and explore and like, there's a lot to do there. That's where the Frida Kahlo Museum is at, right? Yes. And so, yeah, so the Frida Kahlo Museum is there. Mm -hmm. So it's like a cool area. And especially if you like Frida and you want to go to her house, like that's all there. So that's like the second thing that I would like recommend for people to do. The third thing I'm like, it just depends. It depends on like what you're wanting to do. A huge landmark, you have to go to the pyramids. Uh, in mm-hmm. I think I went one, no, I've gone twice actually. And I had always wanted to go literally my, like my whole life. Um, it's just an hour away. Or it's not even that far. You just don't want to go when there's traffic. Cause then it's like really far. But yeah, that place is so cool. I mean, you get to experience the pyramids. I went before, I think I went into like like 2018. So this was like prior to COVID. So we got to actually go all the way up. Like we got to climb the pyramid and like- Oh, they don't let you climb the pyramid anymore? No. So now, yeah, they don't let you like get on it. Because I guess people would climb all the way to the top and just hang out at the very top. Yeah. So obviously, like, with COVID, they kind of don't allow that. So you can't climb up any pyramid, I think, now, which, like, sucks. Definitely, that's a really cool thing to do if you're in Mexico City because you can also do the hot air balloons, and it's just, like, an really awesome experience.
0: I am, like, so curious in your beauty line. Like, I just, like, want to know, like, how it started, what inspired it, and, like, yeah, give us the lowdown.
2: For sure. So when I was in high school in Mexico City, I you used to go to the salon and this girl had this thing. It was, she called it planchado de cejas, which that is what it's called in Mexico. And so she did it and like, I loved it. And so I always did it like in high school, you know, when I, when I was in Mexico. And so whatever, I came back to the U.S. And I like, remember that product. And I was like, oh crap. Like, let me see if, if they sell, you know, if they sell maybe like little kits of it. Um, so I can do it, you know, now that I'm like in the U S cause literally no one used to do this for those that don't know, I'm talking about brow lamination. So before it like, wasn't a thing. And so I remember I used to do it on my own all the time and people would always compliment my eyebrows. So this was like, literally like no joke, like five, six, five, six years ago. And so people would always compliment my eyebrows and ask like what I did to them. Obviously I couldn't really explain because I didn't know what it was called. So I was like, oh, it's just like this thing that you do or that I do. And you know, that was it. So then after so many people were asking me, I was like, you know what, let me try to figure out a way where I can make my own kit so I can like sell to people. And I kind of started to do it. I didn't really again, I'm like, I've been blogging this whole time. So that's always kind of been my priority, but you know, on the side, this was kind of like a little side project that I, that I did. And, you know, it started off very basic and then it kind of just grew. And I've always, I mean, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm meant to be like an entrepreneur. Like I really live that lifestyle. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make this product like the best that it can be. And I guess over the years, I kind of perfected it to what it is now, but it really took off again, like in 2020, you know, a lot of people's like companies really took off because people were posting on TikTok and people just wanted to support. And obviously that's when we were the most home. time. We were yeah. home yeah, and yeah, everyone exactly. was trying to, you Still couldn't go to the your salon. To
0: slay,
2: yeah. Even in like, <laughs> yeah, there were so many things. <laughs> exactly. So I think 2020 was just such a great year. Like one, obviously I was at home the whole time. So I really was able to work on the branding of it and getting that very solid. And then two, yeah, salons were closed. And I think that's when it just started or brow lamination started to be a thing and became kind of popular. And like you would see it all over social media and whatnot. And I was like, oh my God, cool. Like this is amazing. Like I I have already created this kit.
1: And you're there at the right time. Yeah. Have and a then question.
2: I did Yeah. What's the difference between
0: laminating eyebrows and like microblading? Like what's like,
2: yeah. 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 So microblading, which I've done before. So microblading, they actually like blade in, it's kind of like a tattoo. So they're blading in like actual strokes of hair into your skin. Like you can actually hear like this, like your skin kind of, it's like a scalpel. Like it's a tattoo. A word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a tattoo. So I did that like years ago, and yeah, I mean it, it works. You know, it gives you like shape to your brows, or like a permanent makeup basically. To wear brow lamination, it's just like it's like a mini perm. This is how I explain it to people. It's a mini perm for your brows. So if you do have already brow hair, you basically do the three step process that only takes 20 minutes, and you get really you know, that like bushy eyebrow look that is very, you know, trendy right now.
1: So who's the, who would be the perfect candidate for your type of product?
2: Well, really anyone. I feel like people think like, oh, I barely have any brow hair, but I'm like, dude, once you do the kit or once you do brow lamination, you'll see how much hair you actually have. Sometimes like Mm -hmm. people's hair is just like very, like it's not like really on their skin, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of out or like people think yeah. they have thin brows but it's like once you press the hair down they look really thick. So my kit, you get 10 like 10 depending on how thick your eyebrows are you get about 10 lamination sessions from it. So it's $45 for the for the DIY kit and mm-hmm. you get like 10 plus lamination sessions from it. And each session lasts about, like, four to six weeks, depending on, like, the care of your eyebrows. But, like, I love it because I feel like I'm such a girl, like, yeah, like, such a, like, I'm just really into beauty. So I'm, like, I already go out of my way to get my lashes done. I go out of my way to get, like, pedicures and manicures. And I'm, like, dude, that is so, like... It's one less thing. Yeah. So it's like one less thing for you to be able to do the brow lamination at home whenever you have the time, um, like when you, you can take it when you're traveling. I'm like so convinced right now. I'm like, I'm definitely doing that. And your, your lashes
0: look great too. Um, oh, I did the lashes once, but like I almost um, lost an eye um, when they started like falling. <gasps> Off, I was like, "This is not for me." I was like, like, "They're everywhere." I was like, "Not getting them refilled." It was ghetto.
2: Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, people have some really bad experiences with eyelash extensions. Yeah,
1: I saw that you you changed the name. It used to be Brow Savior, and now you changed it to Mexico Beauty. Is there a reason for that? Do you have future plans of just like expanding to new products? What is the background on that?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, this is like some business advice for people out there. So whenever you start a business, you definitely have to trademark (laughs) the name. Uh, Don't forget to do that, very important. And I feel like in the beginning, again, I was kind of doing this as a side project. Like I really never thought it would take off as much as it did in 2020 and 2021. And so when I started the branding, I was like, it's called Brow Savior. That's what I've called it this whole time. So we're just gonna stick to that. And I remember one of my friends, or actually it was on my to-do list to trademark it and I think I just was so caught up in the branding and caught up on the packaging and trying to execute that really well that I totally forgot about the trademark because I remember a friend was like dude you need a trademark it and also I'm such a carefree person like I feel like the things that should worry me don't but then the little things that no one cares about like I really worry about them so it's like crazy but I totally forgot to trademark it. And then last year I ended up, get, it wasn't like a, um, say? say Assist and desist. I'm saying it wrong. Ceased and deceased.
1: <laughs> I know what you're trying to you say, got, but. You know yeah, what I'm I trying to say? I'm okay. Saying, yeah. Uh, the audience <laughs> I think knows. It's called, you guys know.
2: <laughs> whatever. Cease and deceased letter. One of those. And it wasn't that, but it was like a, something of infringement. So I was using, someone had trademarked Brow Savior As kind of like their slogan. And that person has like their own salon in like North Carolina or something. And I guess she calls herself the brow savior. So she was just basically wanting kind of compensation out of me, um, or just to not use the name at all. And I'm like, dude, we're we're just gonna change it, you know, let's I think this is like a sign that we need to change the name and it's, it's going to be great. It was actually a very stressful season for me because I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't believe we have to rebrand the whole thing, especially because I feel like there was, I already had like slogans surrounding Brow Brow Savior and it was already a brand. Like, yeah. So I had already ordered like tons of bags and things that had Brow Savior on it. Like I still have envelopes that I ship things out in that say Brow Savior. And then I, now I just put the sticker on it because I just have so many. But anyway, it was like a learning process. Uh, um so yeah, I I changed it to Savior Beauty because I'm like, you know, people know know my brand by Brow Savior. I can't completely change it. But I think Savior Beauty is like also very like known. I'm not known, but a lot of people use that. Anyway, Savior apparently is very popular in the beauty community and I was like if I do want to trademark that, it's just going to it's going to be extra steps and it's going to be really hard, um, to get, you know, to get that actually like trademark. So I was like, you know what, let me change it one more time. And we're just going to call it Mexico beauty. Obviously it goes with my brand. And, you know, we kind of thought about like a lot of like beauty influencers just basically have their name for their Mm -hmm. brands. So I was like, you know what, let me just do Mexico beauty and like, let's stick to that.
1: I'm also curious about when you were putting together um, in the beginning stages, when you were figuring out how to get the materials and everything, how did you source the actual product? Like, how did you know where to go? So I'm assuming it's like a gel-like consistency. Yeah. So
2: when I started, I, I mean, again, in Mexico, it's very popular. So I was living already in Dallas and I told my mom, I was like, hey, I want to create a kit for you know, el planchado de ceja, so I can sell it here in the US. So I was like, I need you to go and like talk to the people that do it and figure out like where I can get the product. So my mom was like, so amazing. She went down, you know, like she was sourcing for me down in Mexico and the actual product that goes into the brow lamination kit is sourced in Mexico. So that is like a challenge in itself because I feel like in the beginning, I, again, I wasn't prepared to sell so many kits, So I had to really keep up and I kept selling out and then people would buy the product and then it would take so long for, you know, my family to ship the product from Mexico to the U S so that was like a big like, you know, learning hurdle, I guess, or a hurdle that I had to get through. Um, Because in the beginning, I mean, the the product itself is still sourced from Mexico, but now I have like a good flow coming in. And the jars, so the jars that I used to use in the beginning were also sourced in Mexico. And that's why I was like always um, sold out because it was, you know, I had to wait for the shipment to arrive. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so stressful. Like my mom is actually going to downtown to buy these jars and we're depending like on other people to, um, you know, to buy this stuff from. So I was like, you know what, I need to find my own, um, I need to find my own sources like that they can just ship to the U S so it's like one less step. And so, yeah, I mean, I think last year and the year before that, I really had to look for, you know, so many different people and vendors where i could get the jars from and just the product and yeah i mean it's a lot of um trial and error for sure you they have to send you samples you have to see if you like it so i think for sure the packaging part of it has been like the most the packaging and branding part of it is probably the most stressful part of like starting a business i think
0: what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind like i know you mentioned you you know you're a blogger you have a business like for the future generation of Latinas, like, what would you like to leave behind for them? Oh, I love that
2: question. That's a good question. It's also a hard question. Um, (laughs) I'm like so much to uncover. No, I think my main goal with blogging and, you know, with what I do and what I've built is I always want to inspire people to really go after their dream. And I know that that sounds cliche, but I always tell people it's actually a lot easier than you think. It seems big, but if you have a plan, if you give yourself deadlines, if you have like an idea, you know, write it out, you know, put your, yeah, your deadlines, um, build a plan on how to get there. And I promise you, you will get there, you know? So I just, I want people to to live out their dream, live out their passion, whatever it is that they're passionate about, or, you know, whatever crazy idea that they think they can accomplish in this lifetime. Like it's so possible if you just put in the work. Mm-hmm. And so I think my legacy would be that, like, I just want to inspire people to go after their dreams and to realize that it's actually not as hard as it seems. If you really just do believe in yourself and, and, and do it and put in the work.
0: Thanks so much for listening to our episode today. Please be sure to rate us wherever you listen
1: to your podcast. It helps us out a lot and lets us know if we're doing a good job. And be sure to follow us on social media. Our handle is at Latina Without Borders. We would love for you guys to message us, comment, let us know if you enjoyed this episode, but also any tips or ideas on who you'd like to hear next. That's it for today and until next time.